Hey, Gabriel. Hey, Gabriel Jose. Where are we today? I'm still in San Francisco, but I'm not in the same place on my couch. Finally, Lord, your new Finally. year resolution has come to happen. Yeah. I went all the way out to the Richmond. Yeah, actually, this is not only about like, you moving from home, it's actually me visiting San Francisco. Welcome and home, buddy. Welcome home. <laughs> And we actually come like to one of our well, at least one of my favorite spots. I would say this is in our top five together, favorite mm -hmm. bars in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. Probably in my top two. Really? Yeah. Uh -huh. I like this place. I, I mean, would say besides Lone Star, which we recorded out of convenience, this is probably the place we recorded the most. You think? What, like twice? This is absolutely our third, probably our fourth or fifth. I'm not going to go back, and I don't recommend anyone to go back to those episodes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, we're recording at Trader Sound, that is my favorite like, type tiki bar, I could say. It's a San Francisco institution. Yeah, a staple of the community. And it hasn't been updated <laughs> since, like, the 50s. <laughs> uh, <laughs> actually, talking about uh, updating a classic, a classic, and maybe why that's not needed, or maybe yes, I don't know, what if we was this time. So, we got a little confused about whose pick it was. Apparently last week's should have been my pick. I gave it to you, or I told you it was your pick. So this is my pick, right? Yeah, I think so. Okay, so I quote-unquote picked All Quiet on the Western Front, mostly because it got nominated for a bunch of Oscars. Yeah, I was surprised actually for being like a foreign movie, is it the last time that something like that happened, it was with Parasite, and I was wondering if I, do we need to get ahead of the curve, are we going to be like just like not cool enough if we don't watch this movie now? I, I understand the question, also this was perplexing to me, because there is another film called All Quiet on the Western Front that I think came out in 1930. So, 1930s, so almost before like World War II. Ago, this film oh, wow. came out, total classic, yeah. super important film, but it's told from the perspective of an American's point of view in World War One, and so then oh. Germany was like, we're gonna take this classic American film and turn it about us. That's, that's an interesting twist, I don't know that, but yeah, definitely is that from the perspective of the German side. Uh, so basically we pick it just because of the Oscars. Because of the Oscars and because uh, I don't like war films, but I was coerced into watching the original, and when I watched it, I was like, oh wow, this, this is was a good. really good movie, okay. so I wanted to see yeah, it. I, I won't ask you yet, you know, like to compare this to the original one, but as this was your pick, I guess that I had sort of to summarize something, and this is our movie about how meaningless and brutal war is, so of that genre. You know, similar to how we have Blake genre of a, <laughs> a specific type of movie, we have this one, and it follows like the story. There are like several like parallel stories. We have like the negotiation of the armistice, but it's like pretty secondary. We have like the general of uh, the German troops, and then we have like the story of four kids that they are being sent to the front, and how their lives evolve on this last month in the last year of war. Uh, so we don't get like too much development about like those characters. It's a bit more about like their misery and how they make barely no progress in the Western Front. And the idea is that they're going to be like conquering Paris in two weeks, and they spend a year and a half without moving too much. Is that they get into the French territory, but they basically are like stealing stuff from farmers. Nothing serious. 
And I think that you really must to call Samari. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how how much into the weeds we want to get. I mean, the the main character is 17 years old, and he yeah. desperately wants to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they have like this patriotic. Country. Yeah, they have this patriotic feeling of a uh, hey, we're going to be heroes, and we're going to be like coming back, and going to be like getting so many French people, you know. But then they get to the front lines, and very quickly, it's just brutal as fuck, just like war. Yep. And, um... Yeah, I don't think there's much more to tell. It's two and a half hours of watching why war is stupid. Yeah, and the thing is, because 1917 came out, like, what, three years ago? I think, not two years ago, probably just before the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was, like, like a epic piece, like a studio, Hollywood studio kind of production. Um, the story was basically non-existent. I had a feeling that here is that they, there is not a big desire of making a big story. So I'm just going to jump right into the first film, which apparently was based on a very good book. Mm-hmm. And I have this context, you didn't see the first film, nope. and I have not read the book. I didn't even know that this was a remake that you told me. So. I'm just going to talk about the the experience of the first film. The entire thing is first-person narrative. The entire thing. You see this young, naive kid wanting to join war, and then you watch it destroy his life and the life of everyone around him. The original film did something that I think was very smart in that it continued after the war was over, yeah. and it followed the soldiers who got to go home to their homes, and it showed how war destroyed them. Yeah, so just talking a bit more about like the PTSD that they actually keep. Yeah, and they go back and somebody... I read that one of them tries to reintegrate into a school, but he can't relate to his teachers, the principal, and he's just ruined as a human. Um, but that requires for us all just like treating your characters as characters, as human beings. In this case, they are like basically vehicles for just saying that is a hey, they are like young, idealistic people that they got munched by the propaganda of the country. Yes, which I think the first film did better than this film oh, because yeah. it's, like I said, first-person narrative all the way. You just see this one person's experience with the war. He watches his friends die. It destroys him as a human. He goes home. He can't respond or he can't interact. While the 2022 version, I think, is a very good film. It is a very good film, in my opinion. Okay. It had problems with the fact that it also wanted to follow the story of the armistice happening, which is the end of the war. Yep. Um, and it cut out that piece about the soldiers who wanted to go home and how they can't fit in anymore. I wish that I actually had that. Me too. Yeah. I think it was a big problem. Yeah. They did. I mean, for me, it's like it doesn't go anywhere. It's like for me, I'm going to say we went like to buy some stuff earlier, and I say, it's like, "Hey, I have like a job prepared." Is that like, this is a movie about like how meaningless war is? But in 2022, I feel like it's a meaning a meaningless movie. Yeah, let's unpack that a little bit. But war. first, I want to backtrack. Sure. And just say one thing about how... um... Okay, I lost my thought. We're going to go directly to yours. How is this meaningless? Because it shows how purposeless war is. Oh, Which has to be more relevant today more than ever. Like, what these people experience on the screen is what Ukraine and Russia are experiencing every day. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, is that don't you think that we have, like, a lot of films that have actually explored this topic before? 
Yes. And they actually give like personality and humanity to their characters. Yes. So what the fuck is this movie bringing to the table? What does this movie need to happen? That the only thing that I actually like this movie brings to the table is that it's World War One, not World War Two. It's World War One. It had a badass soundtrack. Oh my god, don't get me started with the soundtrack, because if you were pissed about like women talking, you know, on this one, it's like, it, it makes, it, no, 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 let me just say this, it makes look like the Inception, like Buron, you know, like the Inception, like, kind of soundtrack, you know, like that special effect, it makes it look like nuance, to this like, pam, 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 that they repeat like 20 times across the movie, it's like, I was so pleased with that, I just felt like, Okay, so you are like just taking me out from where we are. If you use silence, this would be like way more powerful. It would be like way more powerful, for example, when we see all of the young kids like waiting there, like just silence, no music whatsoever, and just like the clapping and the hoorays that they actually express. I don't want to hear music on this. It was like pretty stupidly handled. Not heavy handed, stupidly handled. Would you call it music? Because what I'm referencing specifically is this like bass heavy line that's kind of menacing. Yeah, 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 that one. But it's like that one is actually for just like heavy, just handling how you are supposed to feel. As you said, it's like, it's menacing. Don't give me that. Give me just the same. Give me actually the actors. Actually, just build some character on them. Hold on, I'm thinking about this because women talking. The soundtrack was so overbearing. I fucking hated it. And this film, it really worked for me. So I'm taking in your. I'm taking it in. Just let me think. (laughs) What I enjoyed about it was one, it sounds more modern. Yeah. And two, it doesn't spell how you're supposed to feel. You actually describe it as menacing. The subtitles. It says menacing music. It does say menacing, but it doesn't say this is where you're f- supposed to feel sad and longing. It just said, hey, something here isn't right. Look at this. But, dude, in any case, regardless if it's like feelings about sadness or feelings about like feeling menace and thrill about to happen, it's like the sound shouldn't be the driver of those feelings. It's like it's artificial. I find myself in an interesting position where I'm suddenly defending this film. <laughs> that I don't feel like defending. But I feel like the film does what you're saying. So, like, when the main character gets to the trenches, first thing in the film, like, 30 minutes in, he murders a man with an axe. There's no music. It's just fucking brutal. Well, no, it's even before that. It's, like, in the opening scene where we have, like, an unsung hero. Not an unsung hero, but it's, like, a guy... Because it looked like Germany were like just thinking about like, hey, we are going to be like completing this war in three weeks. Don't worry, we're going to be like invading all Europe in no time. And we see like a group of people that they are like just charging from the trenches, and the guy dies. And then we follow like the life of that uniform. No? Yes. At that point, they had already used that music, and they used it like five times. They were like, pam, pam, pam. I hear your complaint. I'm not saying you're wrong. For me, it was fine because it wasn't saying how you should feel. It was saying, pay attention to what's happening. Oh, because he was mother. That's very different than (laughs) women talking, where it's like, now we saw Ben Wishaw, and he looks off into the field and cries, and we hear the surging violins, and we know we're sad. That is not the sort of condescension I got. I got, personally. This is all subjective. I, I hear what you're saying. 
it works for me. But in any case, it, it may have worked for you, but can you also agree that it was like a heavy hand in the situation? That is, that you could have like more subtles and more adapted to the medium that you have for handling it. Yeah, I have to say I was mildly checked out of the film until the mu until the music came on and I was like, <gasps> <laughs> I'm interested. Tell me more. <laughs> uh, it pissed me off, honestly. It's like when I listen to this, it's like, dude, what the heck? It's like you're going to be like doing this kind of modern stuff? So you're going to be like doing like a movie based on World War One? Don't bring this shit. It sounds like Inception. Honestly, is that this is not subtle in any kind of way. It's like I want more character development. If you want me to just see how meaningless war is, just develop this character. Just give me more than, hey, I really want to go to war. It's like, are you going to be returning to Japan? It's like, no, I'm not. It's like, no, I want more. It's like, it will be like more meaningful if I actually see what kind of life these characters have. And they actually see them like just suffering through all of this. But instead, I actually get like a. Bah, bah, bah. <laughs> All right, that's fair. So, so what do you think about the fact? And we don't often see this. Maybe in American cinema, when we talk about the Iraq War or the Vietnam War, but it's not often you see a war epic like this told from the losing side. Which this film comes from Germany. They certainly lost World War One. <laughs> and two. <laughs> and two. No, they lost all the wars. All the, but all the World War Wars that they just started. <laughs> <laughs> and somehow they're still super rich. I don't understand. Yeah, let's not get into yeah, politics or anything like that. That's a bit of a, a the scope of this podcast. I. I appreciated that. That part is like, I felt like, okay, it's cool to actually see like a movie from the losing end. It's like, yes, it's cool to actually just see how they are like fighting reality on the idea of uh, you guys are not moving a single inch and you guys still like throw more and more people. But the thing is, everything is a bit more like narrating what is happening. You know, a bit more of an exposure, like high exposure kind of thing, kind of kind of way of narrating, instead of actually like just showing it in a bit more of a nuanced kind of way. They say that hey, we are going to get empty, like an empty country at the end. Like, do we need to keep throwing more people at this? It makes no sense. Is that like, we are not going to win? What are we doing now? Is that this a bit more about pride, more than actually just winning anything? And I will say that that thought is the one thing that I thought this film excelled in because while I have my complaints about the inclusion of the armistice storyline where we see they're constantly chasing the armistice we see that um, the leaders in charge agree the war is going to end at 11am on a certain yeah. day and then some German commander was like we're going to end on a German victory so go fight at 10.45 yeah and the guy Spoiler alert, he say, I'm sorry, I'm going to be like spoiling this, I don't care if it's for the Oscars. He dies like at 10.59, about like not seeing peace. There is a... It's, Which oh is heavy-handed as fuck. It's only that. But it's a, it no. did underscore the futility of war, which is but the dude, point of the it's like if you had done it like for two hours, it's like, I don't need those additional 10 minutes. It's like, yeah, I already know your point is like, war is meaningless. If the guy, I didn't even care if he died at the end or not. I didn't. Honestly. Because he's not developed as a character. He's like, if he dies, like, yeah, okay, so this actually, instead of giving me like 3x meaningless worries, meaningless, he gives me like 3.2x 
worries me less. It just felt a bit more that, hey, you have a point that you want to make. You have done it in 90 minutes. Why do I need more than two hours for that? That is 100% accurate. This could have been done in, in 90 minutes. Um, even in a short, probably. If you're not going to be like developing your characters, remove the armistice, remove like the general having dinner with the Great Bane. It's like, I'm, we have 90 minutes. There is no more need for anything. I agree with everything except the fact this could have been a short, but we'll talk about that when we get to the questions. Yeah. No. Um, no, I totally see your point, and I also think the film by opting to include all of this extra material, the superfluous stuff, yeah, it kind of made a claim. It's like, hey, we're going to try and address all of these subjects, and it became watered down. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, the thing that I actually just felt surprised is that at the beginning of the movie, I felt like, okay, you know, like the Inception-like music is like for me it's not working but you know I'm going to be like rolling with it I see that this is a movie like 1917 that is like you don't really care about the characters and that they are just vehicles for just like talking about the first world war but sure I'm going to roll with it it's pretty well done you know it's like from a crafting perspective it's high production value it looks like they really like this setting and they want to do the most with it but the more that I watch of the movie, the least I like it. It's like as more that I progress, it was like just feeling like more and more upset with it about like, are you going somewhere? So if you had to reduce your complaint to one of the basic building blocks of a film, would you blame it on the script? Probably, yeah. Because it wasn't the... The performances were good. I yeah. see what you say. The main character wasn't asked to do a lot. Um... Yeah, I mean, for me, this was an honorable mention in terms of war film, but it can't compare to the first. I haven't read the book. And in terms of even how it compares to films like, let's say, The Hurt Locker, I think it's less urgent, less timely. Yeah. I, I don't know. Imagine that it's like there is a studio, or Netflix even, that is that they actually say that it's a... How did they come to the conclusion of we need to make a movie about this? Or a director, like I should say, is that, hey, I was 1917, like three years ago, because this was before the pandemic. I think that is the perfect timing for doing this, because it's not about, like, Russia and Ukraine. Because I understand your point about, like, hey, we have a big war going on right now, but this is not really related. It's a bit more of a general statement. And a general statement that doesn't personalize for just like making you feel in any kind of way. So for me, everything that I was heavy handed about this movie fell completely. If it was doing like the part that you were talking about, it's like, hey, we're going to be like taking it to the real world that you can connect with. Maybe it will connect in any kind of way, but the only outside of war world that we see is a minute. Yeah, I can see that. And I feel like, seriously, is this nominated to anything? I watched Close. I watched... I think that that Eo is better than this. <gasps> I'm just giving what a the hint. Hell? Sorry, <laughs> I'm, I'm in shock here. I don't even know what to say. Dude, because it's that this is well produced. But it's that this is not a movie that is important. This is not a movie that is going to be like bringing anything to the table. But, but, seeing a donkey <laughs> driving a movie... <laughs> It's at least like just bold. Not good, but it's bold. There is, is this place so safe? 
I'm sorry, nothing I saw in EO was like, oh, wow, I see this in the world around me. I saw a ton of, like, Russia-Ukraine in All Quiet on the Western Front. Let me, and you're <laughs> going to hate what I'm going to say right now, let me just ask you about the theme red line. I know that you love Malik, so... I've never seen it. I hate Malik. I will not watch it. Fuck you. <laughs> I not... have my next pick. Uh... <laughs> But no, listen, dude, there, there is like a lot of movies out there. It's like we are, sorry, from Apocalypse Now, from the 70s. And have... like Saving Private Ryan, all of those really good war films. You're laughing right now because it's a speed run, whatever. But it's like, dude, is that this is not a new genre. It's like, I don't, I don't have any fucking idea about like what we're thinking about. Like, oh, dude, it's like we are like breaking ground with this. And what the Academy actually saw in this film. It's like, I just feel it's like, hey, if you want, I think that it would actually be like more important right now doing something like the Russian version of 12 Angry Men, you know, about like to display the Russian versus Ukraine, like conflict that is happening right now. But that makes an assumption about what the filmmakers wanted to say, which could, what you just said could be accurate, but I keep going back to this interesting fact that Germany was like, hey, we lost that big war yeah. in 1917. Let's tell a story about not only how we lost, but about how useless it was. But do you... I don't see the merit of that. I don't see the merit of actually that, hey, 100 years ago, more than 100 years ago, we make a really big mistake and we actually screwed up. Is that, could you give credit or kudos because they do like a movie about World War II and they screwed up? And they what I'm mistake? saying is I, I find merit in the fact that America, I could be wrong, likes to make war films about wars it won or it convinces itself it's won. I find it interesting there were filmmakers in Germany who were like, hey, the Americans told the story, it was brilliant, let's retell it from the losing side. I, That's I interesting. I don't really, I mean, there are like movies about Vietnam, and they didn't win that. Yeah, but America lies to itself and says it won that war. <laughs> that's, that's why I carefully couched and said, America tells stories about war, wars that, that won, that or that it thought, it claims it won. Uh, dude, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's true that it's like, it's fine to talk about that, but at the same time, it's like, I don't see like a strong message here or anything. Is that because the armistice story that we see, it's like the guy, who is that guy? We saw him something, like the guy that is like signing the armistice. I don't know, but he's very handsome, right? Like the guy with the football neck? And well, he's actually, he wore like glasses in a couple of the scenes. He's like a villain from uh, the Marvel movies. Yeah. But he's in something else. I, I'm pretty sure that we saw him in something else. But. I mean, I didn't think like too much because after watching this, I was like just so pissed that it's like, no, I'm not done with this. I don't want to just like investigate more. Yeah, I mean, I think the more that I think about it, well, I will still say that I like this film, but of course I have to compare it to other war films that I've liked. And the two that come to mind are the original All Quiet and The Hurt Locker. Both of those films did an exceptional job of staying out of is this right or wrong? It was just more like, hey, people are asked to do this, and they do it, and it fucks them up. This but film gave that up. Yeah, I mean, yeah. They, 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 it frustrated me, because I was expecting, it's like, the part is like, hey, we see, what is the main character, Peter, Paul, Peter? Okay. I don't remember. Yeah, well, whatever. Because that's the thing, is that you don't remember, because we don't care. Yeah, they we, don't I really it. didn't care about the main character. No. I mean, I felt sad he experienced bad things, yeah. but... 
is that his best friend dies in the first night when they actually tell him that you're not going to survive tonight, but he actually does. And that everyone around him that he actually even like just like gets friends with is that they keep dying along the movie. But we the only chance that we see him is in the last ten minutes. No, we see a pretty dramatic change from him. Like, if you think about the first conversation where they're like, don't enroll, and he's like, what, am I going to be left out? And no, then you but watch he, him watch look, his best friend die and arrives, he kills him. He arrives as cocky, but it's like even at the end, when they go back to the farm that they stole, like one hour and a half into the movie, that it should have ended at that point, <laughs> it's like they actually go still to the same farm, and blah, 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 and, uh, whatever, but it's like he's still the same person there. He's still the same person, and he only says for the last, hey, we have like three hours for just doing something with this war. He's like, at that point, he's like, okay, I'm going to be like a mindless drone now. I feel like so peaceful, like, dude, seriously, is that this guy should have been destroyed by this point, not now. It's so lazy screenplay writing, but it's like, I... I, I've seen your point for most of this conversation. That point I don't get. Because you don't, like, when you go through a really traumatic experience in life, you don't stop being who you are. You've changed. But, like, let's say I went through a crazy traumatic experience and I came out with you to a dive bar, we would still have a conversation. There would be things that were off about me. But it's not like I'm going to stop being me. And so I saw that. But that's the thing, is, like, in the last 15 or 20 minutes is when he actually starts being himself. In the last scene. Where he dies? The what? Where he dies? Yeah. That last attack is like he's like just a mindless drone, and they try to reinforce that. That's like part of his character development. But couldn't that be just a result of him, like, oh wow, war is so batshit insane that the war is ending in 15 minutes and I'm asked to fight one more time? But just tell me something. It's like if he was like as he was like a 30 minutes ago, what, 50, 50 minutes in the movie? about like saying this, like, hey, we're going back home, but we're still going to be like stealing these eggs or whatever. Could you actually change in that kind of way? I don't see it, dude. Is that this guy actually spent like a, a year and a half in the front, like seeing how people die, seeing how like the other, like uh, how you say, like a squad, like a rifle for just dying, like directly. Is that I would have changed that like, way before that. It was a bit more, it's like, dude, you don't know how to write a script. Is that whoever the fuck wrote this script doesn't deserve. But didn't you see a huge shift in this character from that cocky kid in England to even the second he arrives in the trenches, and he can't even move, he can't speak, he watches his friend die. There's Let's just say that it's like, there is, there is a milestone at the beginning that is like, hey, I survived this night, and my friend dies, and it's like, I had to move on, I had to collect the, like, the dog tags for this. Because that's what you have to do in real life. Yeah, that's true. And he but continued on traumatized. Yeah, but it's a just thing is that then you actually are like almost two years on the front with no progress, just realizing about like how meaningless all of this is. And it's like, oh, it's the last, the last day, the last 30 minutes where it actually just turned you from a someone that still has humanity to someone that doesn't have any. I just feel it's like, dude. It's true, you're not making an effort for developing characters, for actually giving me background or anything. But this is an insult to the audience. I feel like I'm probably projecting my own shit here, but I, I went through a pretty traumatic two-year experience. I didn't find a war. I want to be super clear about that. 
but it dramatically changed me and my personality, and it was traumatizing. And I came back still making weird jokes, but I was deeply affected underneath. But you were the same person, and it was two years, and probably you and actually... And that's my point, is he's still the same person. He's no, deeply he's traumatized. Not. He's not. At the end, he actually, he actually turns into a drone. It's, like, it's almost insulting. It's like, dude, you are no longer like a human. If you were like the person that you were like 30 minutes ago that you were looking forward to go back home, you'd be like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to be like doing that. And but I would assume the same time. The last 30 no. minutes of the war where he knows he's getting sent to die. Of course you would act differently. Of he course you would act go. He couldn't go. If he actually was the same character that we were seeing like 30 minutes ago, he couldn't go. But there is there is no desire. That's the thing, is like these these characters are vehicles. It's like there is no desire for making like a congruent character. There is not. The desire is for actually making a point. And the point is like war is meaningless. And if you are going to be like making a point like war is meaningless, don't fucking make me watch more than two hours of a movie. I agree with that wholeheartedly. 100% yes and I think that unfortunately while I did like this film because of the choices the filmmakers made it watered down that one very important point that war is meaningless and it tried to straddle that line where it's like on this side war is meaningless on this side we watch how the war resolved and everything is fine sorry I'm rolling my eyes right now I just had a feeling this like after two many times you know, this movie is rubbing me in the wrong way I'm feeling like clearly, personally attacked I'm clearly. sorry about that alright well um, so we go over let's the go over the questions but I do want to call out before we do this the critics consensus on Rotten Tomatoes I mean it's specifically says this film is both timely and timeless <laughs> Dude, like the part of like timely, is like, dude, it's, I, I just feel. No, like I see it as a joke because we have that question, but it was like, oh, Ron Tomatoes answered that for us. <laughs> for us. <laughs> Would you watch it again? No. <laughs> that was like a super fast way of saying no. Why not? I don't regret watching it, but like I said, the message is watered down. If I was going to watch this film, I would watch the original again, which I loved. Yep. You're selling me on watching the original, but the problem is that it actually shares like the same title with this. I don't think that I want to get close to it. You should watch it in one year. One year from now. You'll <laughs> have some time for just pulling it off. <laughs> okay. Yes. I, I, this one, I wouldn't watch it again. I mean, I think that this is like... It's funny because I think that it's like this year had like amazing movies and pretty garbage ones. That is like, why? Why are we like just thinking that this is a movie that we're going to be like talking like two years from now about it? You know, I think that Tar, we would talk about it. I think that personally, I think that Bardo, we would talk about it. I will never talk about Bardo again. You would talk with me. I will about masturbate it. about Tar. In <laughs> two years, five years. I don't think that everything, everywhere, all at once, we would talk about it in two years. I have forgotten about that film. <laughs> And I like that film, but I don't I think about that film ever. But it's what I told you, is that this is like completely an entertainment, but it's not a meaningful entertainment. It's, it's almost like nominated E.T. to anything, to best movie or best script. It's like, dude, this is entertaining, it's fine. But this movie, no one, no one is going to talk about it. No one. I agree. I was actually surprised it was nominated for so many Oscars. I was like, in 12 months, no one will remember this. Nobody. No, because there could be like another war movie about talking about how meaningless it is. Yep. 
I said, we had this like from time to time. It's like 1917. It was almost like made on purpose about like, you are not going to care about anyone. And I'm not going to be like making an effort about like making any character meaningful. He said, this one like tried, but it tried in such a lazy way that it's like, I, I just feel almost like offended about like, hey, is this because you cannot write a script? Is because you cannot outline characters? Is because of that? Because it's fine, but Netflix probably shouldn't be giving you this budget for doing this. Yeah, I can see that. I, I see your complaints. I wouldn't call it because they're lazy. I think they were just misguided, but, but I completely agree yeah. with you, yes. Would you recommend this movie? No. <laughs> I would recommend the original, 100%. Dude, you're chanting me. I, I, no, I wouldn't recommend this. Uh, would you remember this movie? No. <laughs> nope. But you really remember the original you know, I had to refresh my memory. Arkansas. Quite a bit. It's been 10, 15 years since I saw the original one. Is there anything artistic about this score? Uh, the score was just brilliant. Uh, I'm, I'm saying this to piss you off and also because I mean it. I loved it. I was like, wait, is this a Knight's Tale with Heath Ledger where we watch jousting competitions to what? modern music? Fuck! Okay. <laughs> I'm feeling like this right now. I know that you are like trying to piss me off and you are achieving your goal. But honestly, like, I... On women talking, like, I actually told you that look, this, this is like heavy talking, like heavy, heavy handling in the situation. And for you, this like, this was like the part that it offended you of the movie about like hey you shouldn't be doing like a movie about this topic like so heavy-handed it's that like you should actually have like a super strong script that you can write this and for me this was like a bit more of rounding the part about like hey you're being lazy with the script i mean a bit, even a bit with the cinematography for not being able to develop like these tension moments without like the music I, I'm not going to argue against you, although I will say that Women Talking was way lazier when it came to music than this film, in my opinion. In my opinion. I'm not saying I'm right. It just didn't grate me the same way. Okay, I see, I see, I see what you're saying. It's like, for me, this was a bit more about like just using like the same sound, sound motif that it felt it's like, dude, this is not so cool. Is that this, I it was cool. It no, really was. It was not. No, no, it, it was. was. Not. You watch Inception, <laughs> dude. It's like, like doing like a song like that is not cool. And doing like three sounds like that, I like hate a bit. But you compared it to that because, fuck Christopher Nolan. Also, he directed what Dunkirk. Fuck you. Fuck you, Christopher <laughs> Nolan. I'm going to be like doing a shout out because I know that one, one of my best friends, that he lives in the Bay Area. I'm sorry. He actually. Have like also the same kind of love-hate relationship with Christopher Nolan, and he said like Dunkirk is a good movie because he didn't have to write a female character. I see him at the beginning after I watched it, well, like you're absolutely right. And he remembers like the only sentence that a female character says in the whole movie. That is like, yeah, you may be right. I think that is like, a bit of a Nolan problem that he has Wait, to write. Wait, is Aaron Sorkin cosplaying? Is Christopher Nolan? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that Aaron Sorkin goes like a step beyond. It's like. 
He's aggressively anti-women. No one was like, women don't exist for me. He's like, no, women, women, women are like accessories. But no, shirking is a bit more of a women are a hard. Women are fucking stupid. <laughs> women are a hurdle that men has to work around. It's like Christopher Nolan is like, well, they, they don't know better. But it's like, no, they know better. But it's like they decide to fuck up. Right. Like okay. in the newsroom, like the, all of the, I have like two PhDs, but I'm going to be like tripping over every single chair because I'm in love. I just had to rewatch newsroom with my husband. Let's not talk about it. That's the dumbest show ever made. Dumber than Six Feet Under season two. I'm just going to say. Holy shit. Yeah, that was like a bit of a, yeah, a regression. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't remember it. It's, and when we're talking about like, is there anything else to think about it? I think that there is. It's not the music for me, but it's like the cinematography and you know, you know that I have been more of a Hollywood Golden Age Studios kind of thing. And it's like, I love when they do this kind of stuff about it. Hey, we're going to be like putting a lot of money for doing like a single take that there is, there is, it's more like just like putting your dick on the table, you know, like, I can do this. What well, do you think? You really should check out the original film because it's 1930s Hollywood. Big scale, epic. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I'm tempted because what you're telling me about, like, hey, the characters get developed, the characters actually have like, some PTSD that I was expect. Honestly, I was expecting this to happen here. And it did. It almost felt like, hey, you are like building to something that it never really get- gets to happen on the screen. Is it a timeless piece? Yes. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there is. I mean, it's about like World War One, but sure. it is historical about what happened. But it's also just, hey, war's fucking dumb. Uh, and we will have like ten more movies about it in the next ten yep. years. This year, probably. <laughs> Could you turn it into a TV show? No. I don't think they even have to discuss about it. It was already for forty-five minutes too long. Don't show me six hours of this. Could this have been a short? No, and I'll go back to your comment earlier. And I'm honestly confusing the remake with the original, but the original succeeded in the fact that it made you stare war in the face and see how stupid it is and how damaging it is. That was the success of the first film. It didn't work here. So I guess if I were to strictly answer the question, would the 2022 version be able to be made into a short? Maybe... My answer is a rough town, yes. If you're not going to be like developing characters, if you're not going to be like developing the story, you know, or the kind of the scope of how like they go back to society and they have been destroyed by it, fuck off, is this a 30 minute short? But let me ask you this. Movies about the Holocaust are important because we... What happened is humanized, we see what happened in history, history doesn't repeat itself. That works even if we don't get to know a Jew that was murdered, right? Why doesn't this film work for you? Because it took more than two hours without like progressing any kind of a story on it or any kind of arc. So if it was an hour and 45 minutes, you wouldn't have that same complaint? Yeah, I wouldn't have the complaint about like this is too long. Okay. <laughs> Dude, I mean... No, 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 it's fair. I was just curious. I was honestly curious. Well, but I mean, the thing is like, I will remove, as we said, is like the armistice part. I'm not completely sure that it does anything. It does not do anything. And like the part about like the general or whatever, you know, is like, does it add anything? I'm not that sure. It's only for the last scene where he says like, hey, let's go away. Let's go with a bag, you know. You couldn't move it too. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. 
It's like you could just cut like from the get go like an hour from this movie, I and mean, you can cut like an hour from an hour from a two hours and thirty minutes. You could easily cut thirty minutes. I don't know that you could cut ninety minutes from this film. That's all I'm saying. That's it. Alright. I mean that's fair. You have your opinion. You're entitled <laughs> to it. You're wrong, but okay. Do you think that this movie could have been better? More of the score, I think. <laughs> Could have really made me feel <laughs> like devastated huh, about it. Yeah, I think there should have been a very strong editor when it came to the script. Not necessarily like uh, from a cinematography perspective, but somebody should have been like, "We need to cut this armistice plotline out completely. It doesn't yeah. add anything." Yeah, for me, it's like if you're only going to be like doing this if you're like following this. It's like I think 1917 already did this. Like if you, if this is your point about like how minimalist it is, because like this is a guy like running through plenty of battlefields. But that's why I keep going back to the fact. I think the interesting thing about this film is that it's told from the loser's perspective. Because 1917 again, it was told it's from the, the winner's winner. perspective. But I don't think that it has sense. Honestly, it's well, the that's losers. why I think it's unique. Not that it's important okay. or like valuable. Because it's the just thing, as you were saying earlier, is like, hey, Apocalypse Now, and all the movies, and all of the and maybe like just narrated from a perspective, it's like, we're going to be a beauty that's witty and cool in this war, you know? But it's like, it's still about the point about like how meaningless war is, but they don't want to rub in, in the face of Americans about like, hey, we lost this shit. It's like, don't build these castles in the sky about this war. They don't want to challenge that, but they want to just still like just transmit the same message that is that like war is meaningless. So this is, as you said, is that it's unique from the perspective of the losing side and being like high budget. But does it matter? No, maybe it doesn't, and I'm fine to admit that. Yeah. So I mean, for me, that this movie could have been better. Maybe it would have been more about like, hey, this could have been better if it was the original movie, as you are describing it. One day, one day we'll watch the original <laughs> and I'll be like, I told you so. It's okay. <laughs> I don't know if I'm prepared for that. One day, one day maybe. Uh, should we score this? Yes. This so, was my pick. Yep. You score first. I debated a lot about like what the score is. For, I mean, what my score is for this. I'm going to go with a six. I had a very similar experience to the last film we scored. I started out this conversation as a 6.5 and it went down to a 7. So your score is a what? A 7. 7. A 7. Okay. Okay, because you were saying about like you started with a 6.5. 7.5. I started oh, out with a 7.5, okay. but through the conversation it went down to a 7. I was tempted to like bring in like even more down. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's... I'm just trying to, how do you say, like, placate, like, the feeling that I have right now with several of my ties about, like, this movie offended me. I didn't have that strong visceral reaction. I respect it. But no, this, for me, this was like, okay, this is a good movie. I find it funny because I don't know who of the two of us feels more offended when movies go like over two hours about like, are you respecting my time? 100% me. I'm going to go and do a report on our Excel spreadsheet and see how many people or how many films you picked over two hours and how many films I picked over two hours. You picked this one. I did pick this one, but this is the exception, not the rule. <laughs> 
Okay, go for it. Go for it if you want to actually like just add a question about like does this deserve more than two hours? No, no, no. I mean, but nowadays the standards that most of the movies are like they know already that it's like 90 minutes is already like too long. It's like can this be turned into a TikTok? But this is actually an interesting trend since cinemas kind of reopened. Like I feel like everything is three hours. I mean, you're thinking about like Triangle of Sadness, Star, Bardo. Is that this year has been like exceptional? There's so many three-hour-long movies. Yeah, and then you have like everything everywhere all at once. That is like 90 minutes because they there was no way of standing this. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, for me, it's not like the uh, say, like the final nail in the coffin, you know. But it's not helping this movie, it's not making it any kind of favor, it's just like, dude, you don't even know about like what to make with this movie, it's, this is not going to be your saving grace, like just adding like 40 minutes to it. We haven't even mentioned the name of the director, but it doesn't matter because I've never seen anything else with I, a part of me, you know what I'm more interested about this movie is about like how Netflix decided to actually put money for it. Because this is not a cheap movie. But did they pay for it or did they buy it? That's a good question. I don't even know that. Because that's the funny thing is like about like Sundance, Tribeca, and all of these like independent film festivals, they have become like a platform for selling your movies to streaming platforms. That's true, yeah. So, it's the time. You have to say what we're watching next. We didn't decide. We usually, yeah, we we usually decide before the podcast about like what we're going to be like watching next. I hesitate even picking this because. Oh, you're picking something for good. You're not giving me a choice. No, no, no. Okay. Okay. No, no, no. You good? Good. Huh? I respect it. You are a fucking asshole. <laughs> no, so we're, okay. we're gonna watch the Godfather. You know that we're going to be like pulling from the thread for this. From the thread, and we're going to be like watching the other two. And we're going to. Okay, you want me to just hear me for the edit? Did you know that actually is like the first one of the first DVDs that I actually bought? It was like one a collector. Sorry, I collected an edition of The Godfather 1, 2, and 3. And you watched all three? Yeah. Sophia. never watched Sophia tries to be more dramatic, as she doesn't live up to expectations. I know, man, I'm, I'm super excited. I love The Godfather. It used to be like when people used to ask me about like, what is my favorite movie. Before I watched uh, Citizen Kane, it would be like The Godfather. So. This will be an interesting conversation. It's either going to be a three-hour podcast or about fifteen minutes. <laughs> or we're like, yeah, I like. It. Okay, yeah, that's fine. He's like, what can you say about it? He's like, we like it. Okay. Uh, so to everyone like, listening to us, sorry for the uh, car noise and anything else. Okay. Bye.